Every single day is a battle. Are you training for it? In order to train for this right, you have to know your core, your core values, the core of your body, the core of your mind. If you don't do that, you're going to lose. And not just lose for yourself. You're going to lose the impact you can make on the generations to come. Welcome to Core of Conduct. everybody. It's good to be back. I've been MIA because I've gone through some of the hardest weeks I've had up until my 21 years so far. Um, I was debating on whether or not I should share kind of like what I've been going through, but I, I'm going to, and obviously I'm going to, you know, not go into like the dirty details, but I, I think it's important to share when we struggle and why we struggle because it's how we develop our warrior within. That's my favorite book. If you guys haven't ever read it, you should check it out. Um, it's called Unleashing the Warrior Within. One of my favorite quotes from that book is, being a warrior is not fighting. It's about being so prepared to force to face a challenge and believing so strongly in the cause that you're fighting for that you refuse to quit. So the battle that I just faced, I was not prepared for. And that's what I'm kind of upset about is because I know better than that and I don't know if I just got caught up in just trying to do a good job or just kind of got complacent and lazy but I stopped training myself to prepare hard times and so when this hard time came around the corner it knocked me on my ass and I am just now getting up um, it's been about six weeks now so I think that there's a different definition for the level of depression, level of anxiety people go through, and I'm not about to say what level I've been through. I'm not really familiar with all that, so um, I, I, I'm going to do the best that I can, and if you have some information, I'm, I'm happy to listen to it. So basically what happened to me was I got complacent in my job, meaning I started trusting too much, and I started to get really comfortable because I thought I knew what I was doing. And in my particular job that I was in, I was facing a lot of trouble, as you probably heard through my other podcasts, with some of my leaders. I was also a leader at the company. However, the people above me were very competitive with me. And I'm all about competition. I love to compete. However, my definition of, of competition is when someone's better than you or if someone challenges you, that's an opportunity to kind of assess where yourself is at and run with that person, not against that person. That's what I've learned being on team sports my whole life. And unfortunately, a lot of the leaders that I had were never on team sports. They've never played sport probably in their whole life, even though they were working in the fitness industry, which is funny to me. But anyway, so instead of being my teammate, they became my competitor. And everything I did wasn't good enough. They constantly were telling me I was too aggressive, too direct. Um, stop challenging us. We need you to just go with this. And yes, like I'm, I'm, again, all for going with something. However, every time they asked me to run with them, it was usually against my ethics and my morals. And I'm never going to go against my ethics and my morals. If it made business sense, and moral sense, of course, I'd be on it 100%. So 
basically, um, what happened to me was at the beginning of May, I was in the facility that I was working at at the time, off the clock, and I had I had been asked to help behind the front desk because um, the leader at that time was not anywhere to be found, even though that leader should have been working at the front desk. And I jumped behind the desk and I helped the first customer and then the second customer came around and it requ- um, that customer required me to get into the computer. So I moved the mouse because it had fallen asleep. So to wake the computer up, I moved the mouse. And when I when the computer awoke, it was on my leader's email that this leader was corresponding to the owner of our facility with. And in that email, it was had my name in it. And I was just stunned because within that email, the leader that I had was throwing me under the bus for things that I never did. And if you knew me, you would know that I was the most unlazy person you will ever meet. I'm actually like psychotically good at what I do and I'm an overachiever, but she, this person had mentioned I was lazy. Um, This person also mentioned that the member base and my own teammates didn't like me, which is very untrue because they, we all were best friends and we hung out all the time outside and I can trust them with my life. They've been there for me in some of my best and worst times. And so, um, also a couple of weeks prior, there had been a sexual harassment case that I nailed the guy to the wall for, and he ended up stopped using our facility, and I got in trouble for that as well, because we lost a member over me standing up for my team um, with a sexual harassment issue. So as I'm reading this email, it was like the twilight zone on steroids, because I'm pissed off. I'm crying because it was just out of the blue. And as I'm standing here in front of this email, the owner of the facility responds back and said, she doesn't seem right for the job. We should get rid of her. And I couldn't even function after that. I was just shocked because I had done a lot for this particular leader. Um, In fact, I've covered for this person in so many possible ways. So I I was just beside myself because I thought we were friends. So already I felt like I was back in middle school being ganged up on by mean girls and I wasn't quite sure how to handle myself. The leader came in and asked me, like, thank, or didn't ask, the leader said, uh, thank you so much for helping, you're the best, blah, 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 tooting my total horn. And I just popped a top and I was like, do you really think that? Because what the F is this? And the leader got really embarrassed, the face turns red, jumbling over the words, saying, I was forced to do it, blah, blah, blah. And it all of a sudden became this huge, dramatic scene that I wanted, I never wanted anything to do with. I'm not a drama person. And so I left the facility, and I was continued to be ganged up on. Um, I tried to face this issue head on with the owner of the facility, and I was told that Um, This owner was too busy and that she would handle it later. And the next day we ended up having a a meeting, um, not in our facility. Um, In fact, I had to drive an hour down to where the owner was. And we all sat down. I brought the facts. Um, One of the best things my dad taught me when I was younger was when an emotional wave is coming, you got to bring the facts. And when all else fails, fact prevails. So 
I brought all my documentation. I brought the documentation of the sexual harassment case. I brought all the documentation of texts and emails of members in my and my staff thanking me, telling me how much they love me. Um, however, when I presented the facts, the owner and the leader of this facility refused to hear it. Um, they basically said the fact that you're even doing this is so defensive. We've heard multiple times that people don't like you. And it's just like saying the most ob obscure things that I honestly have never heard until this moment. And I just quit on the spot. And with that, the, the leaders of this facility um, posted on social media that I had resigned and that they wished me the best of luck and blah, blah, blah which I know that they didn't. Um, I've had trouble with them ever since I started working there. Thankfully, um, my tribe at that facility stood behind me 100%, and they're actually the reason why I'm able to get back on my feet today. But my point in sharing that story is that no matter how old you are, I'm almost 30, that there's always going to be mean girls no matter where you are. And it, it it's easy to believe the lies that they're telling you, especially when everything falls apart. I loved my job. I was really good at my job. I would say I was one of the best. And to hear that I was not good at it, to hear that no one liked me, um, not ever a thank you coming out of these people's mouths uh, was really disturbing and detrimental to me. And it was my choice um, to walk away, but they were going to fire me anyway at some point um, based off of the rumors from other people I had heard. So anyway, I lost what I loved and I also, you know, need money at the time. I am, I did find out I was pregnant. So that threw a huge stressor into it. Like, of course I'm excited to be pregnant. Like I, I didn't think I'd ever be pregnant, but at the same time I'm like, Oh crap, <laughs> I don't have a job. Um, and so it's just been really stressful because at the at that same token, I, I'm pregnant, I don't have a job, but I also can't get a job at the same time. Uh, I have been rejected from jobs that I didn't think I would. And honestly, it was actually kind of funny because the last job, I even applied for like the most basic job I could ever find. And the people said, oh, you went to Vanderbilt, you're overqualified. And I like, nearly punched the girl. I was like, come on, just give me a effing job. Um, but you know, like I, I, I have a belief system and I, I do believe in God and I think everything does happen for a reason. I, I wish that I didn't lose what I had to. I wish that people weren't mean to me, <clears throat> but it, it was easy for me to fall into the self wallowing pity party that I threw myself for six weeks. Um, and it didn't help that I wasn't getting jobs and I was being rejected even then, because especially with the rejection, then you're like, oh, well, maybe maybe no one does like me. Uh, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I am a personality that no one can get along with. But, you know, like a lot of the people that I love really tried to not let me fall into that dark hole. And the people who cared the most uh, know me really well. And when I go through a hard time, I, I retract. I don't reach out. So... <clears throat> excuse me, they, they reached out to me. And basically what I learned out of all of this was that you're, you really aren't alone. And so many people that I had talked to are also going through their own hard time. 
And it's about being the warrior. And that's, I started reading that book again, because that book has gotten me through so many of my hard times during my 20s. And it's basically saying unleash what you have inside of you. One mistake that I had gotten into, especially at that past job, was that I was always looking for the guru and like for that secret to continue to be the best and that there was a master of that company and I might have to listen to it. But really, in this book, it says a quote that I love. It says, you're always told there's a guru out there, but there isn't. There are teachers, but ultimately you have to find the master within yourself. You're not trying to master. You're not trying to find a master that can master you. You're trying to master yourself. So I I thought that was interesting because I'm always looking for the person that knows the most I can learn from them. But at this point in my life, I'm almost 30 and I have every single thing it takes to kick ass. And I had forgotten that. And that's really sad. And the point of doing this podcast was to not let people forget it. And that includes myself. And I'm, I mean, I, I, like I said, I am getting back on my feet, um, but I did want people to realize that it's okay to feel sad, but you got to get back on that horse. And how you do that is you, you do things that you love and you ease yourself into it. So, you know, another mistake that I made was I love working out. I love reading. I love learning, but I almost overwhelmed myself by trying to do all those things that I didn't do any of them. Like, I knew that working out was good for me. I knew that reading was good for me. I knew that studying for my upcoming CSCS test was going to be good for me. But I was so overwhelmed and just not believing in myself that I didn't do any of it. And so I haven't worked out for six weeks. I haven't read in six weeks. I've tried to read the Bible, but I'm so, I was such a zombie that I didn't absorb. And I just, I became a person I didn't like. And so I'm, my new tactic is that I'm easing back into everything. So I read two pages of my favorite book, and I know it's my favorite book. I have been going for walks. I can't jump back into what I used to do in fitness because it's been six weeks, and that's been a long time. So moving my body feels really nice. And spending time with anchored women like my mom and my sister and other friends that I've met here because – they're even though it appears that you know a lot of people's life they're perfect right now they're not but they're still anchored and they're on level ground and they're resilient enough to move forward and what I plan to do after this little slump is come back swinging really fucking hard and no one's gonna stop me this next time around and the mistake like I said the mistake that I made at the very beginning of this was falling complacent in my own life I wasn't preparing myself or paying attention to my surroundings I should have known that that leader uh, was scheming behind me. Um, I later found out she was talking crap and trying to stir stuff up with our client base and other um, staff that we had, and they just had my back and they didn't do anything, but I also didn't know about it. I should have been smart enough to see that going down. I also should have prepared myself on how to handle a situation like that and also how to handle the consequences of walking away. And I'm actually really proud of myself for walking away. A lot of people... So that was dumb. You should have like had them fire you because if you were pregnant, then you could have gone after them and all this other stuff. And I think that is a smart plan. I kind of sometimes when I look in hindsight, I'm like, take that bitch down. But I don't operate like that. And honestly, like I said, my my ethics and my morals will always come first. And in that particular moment, she's going to go down in her own way. Karma is going to come around and karma's not mine to do. 
it, it isn't mine. So what I could do is stand by my ethics of not being abused and I walked away and it was a brave thing to do. But then I got scared because I was like, oh no, I don't know what I'm doing now. So I would have loved to prepare myself of once you make a brave move that really is going to shake up your life, how, how could I have trained myself to be running still instead of like land and then like fall or just stand there? I don't want to do that anymore. When I will make several more bold decisions in my life and I know that. So I need to continue to train myself to jump, land, run. And so I think how I'm going to do this this next time around is I'm going to continue to refine things that I'm weak in. So for example, one thing that I, that I do know that I've learned from all this experience is that when I, when I do get emotional and when I, when I really care about someone's ethics and morals or my own, I can tend to go pretty direct and aggressive. And right now I need to learn how to be not necessarily diplomatic because I don't like that word um, because I like who I am, but maybe learn to understand the other side uh, and why they're doing what they're doing and saying what they're saying and then really make my side, first of all, make sure it's right. And number two, if it's right, make it come across as if they can't refute it. And so that means I have to get um, strategically more intelligent and I'm going to read up on how to do better in strategic thinking. I'm going to read a book about critical thinking and I'm also going to read about conflict. I thought I had figured that out in HR, but apparently women keep getting ruder and meaner. So got to read up on that. Um, I also think too, I'm not a perfect person. And of course, in this particular case, there were some mean girls, but at the same time, like I need to, I need to practice situational awareness. And that's something I work, I learned working with the cops is like, they're constantly aware of their surroundings. They can't be complacent. Otherwise they can miss something important. And so I'm going to train myself some, my, some situational awareness of like watching people I interact with, not getting too close until I've seen that I can trust them. And even when I do trust them to make sure I'm developing that relationship and analyzing that relationship to make sure. And that's not to say that I have trust issues. That's not what I'm saying. And it's not to say destroy every relationship and overanalyze them. I'm just saying be for myself to be aware, uh, not to become a doormat. And lastly, I plan also on just getting more in touch with my spiritual side because some, I don't know why I got complacent. I'm not, that's not my personality. And so I'm, I need to figure out that why for myself. And if you're going through a dark situation as well, and if you feel complacent, we need to understand why we got there in the first place. Like why, what were we bored? Were we not being challenged? Were we burnt out? I don't know the answer. I have to do some self-reflecting, but I think in order to solve how to run, you have to solve why you stopped in the first place. So that's all I really have for this episode. I am excited to get back into the swing of things. I, Like I said, I'm coming back swinging really hard. And I hope that you guys do too if you're in this situation. If you're not in this situation, I would highly recommend analyzing your life of where you need to train, whether it's your mind, your soul, your emotions, your body, so that you, when you are confronted with a really challenging and difficult situation, that you, you'll be ready. And that when you jump and make that bold decision, You'll not just land, but you'll also be running. 
Love you guys.